SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. You want to send a tweet, it is at Office of Picks. You can email me, go to the website, hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. We'll do some emails, we'll do some tweets and more phone calls a little bit later on. A couple of things to get to. We got the golf stuff we mentioned last hour. Tony Finau, one of our three that we predicted would win the cut or win the major, uh, the memorial, rather at 55 to one, does have a one-shot lead at six under par, which is a beautiful thing. He'll tee off at about uh, just under two hours, 7.55 Eastern time. We got the Tiger Wood stuff. He's going to tee off in about uh, two and a half hours, uh, right around, uh, about two hours, a little bit after uh, eight o'clock Eastern time. And it's a who's who did not or probably won't make the cut anyway. Ricky Fowler yesterday, plus nine. DJ, plus eight. Watson, plus six. Simpson, Kuchar, Morikawa, all at plus four. Right now, still with an entire round of golf to be played, uh, your projected cut is plus two. So you got some big, big, big names in trouble uh, as far as making the cut. Forget about actually winning the darn thing. Jordan Spieth, another guy that we have at 70 to one. Fino at 55 to one is at minus two tied for fourth. So that's not too bad. We hit our Tiger Woods uh, over two and a half bogeys as he had three bogeys in round one. Cha-ching on that. Uh, We got him to miss the cut. We have a longest drive at over 320 and a half yards uh, still to get to. We talked about the Washington Redskins and the Washington Post story that finally came out yesterday. We were talking about it all week. So our sources uh, came through. 15 former employees uh, accusing other employees who are no longer with the club of sexual harassment and verbal abuse. So now it's just a matter of how bad were things with the skins and did Daniel Snyder know, which he, you know, unless he's a complete idiot, he had to have, right? Uh, And did he cover it up or did he do the right thing by, okay, listen, I can't be responsible for all these people. I fired them. So, you know, what else more do you want me to do? I got rid of these guys. So would he be able to keep the team, not keep the team? Is there a calling for him to get rid of the team because of the nickname, because he's been a bad owner, because he let some of this stuff go by? Don't know. But, you know, when guys leave positions like some of these guys have voluntarily, I would think it's not a good thing. And the NBA and Major League Baseball is in a lot of trouble. That's next. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. In Game Live. The opener has become in vogue anyway. There's an extended roster, so maybe there's more arms in the bullpen. We don't know about how they have had enough time to ramp up or build to 80 pitches, 90 pitches, 100 pitches. This is going to be a very unique year, not only with the COVID Corral Championship, but in how we treat the production of some of these, you know, stud pitchers. Catch the program every single day on FNTSY Radio and on the Sports Grid Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 betting around the rim. You're going to have a day where you have on hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball games, who knows, and then maybe a golf tournament that'll come with it. Major League Soccer will be on, right? Like, Jared, is it possible that we might be walking into a situation where there is more value there than for the better than before because the books are going to be spread a bit thinner than usual. There is zero doubt in my mind. The Sports Grid Network. The Sports Grid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Gets it back. Zion for four for four. Welcome to the NBA. 41st overall, Tim Conway. And what about that block? Zion from the weak side. Hey. That'll get them off their, up on their feet. Hey. Wow. Whoa. Man, into the roof. Bagels and bad beats on a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as we approach 13 minutes past the hour of 6 a.m. Pelicans Radio Network with the call. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. Uh, but yeah, at least we could talk about basketball issues with the NBA, I suppose. Although it is coronavirus, I'm assuming related. Zion has decided to leave the Pelicans, leave the NBA's bubble campus in Orlando. He is expected to return at some point when the season resumes, which does not mean he can automatically resume. He would now have to go through the protocol of you know, staying away from everyone, depending on how many times he's tested while he is away. If he's tested every single day, then he still has to sit out only four days. 
if he's not tested every single day, and why would you if you're you know taking care of family business? Then it's either eight or ten days in which he has to then be quarantined. So he, you know, the Pelicans are in a lot of trouble. And forget the Pelicans, the NBA is in a lot of trouble. You talk about having egg on your face. You know, the NBA, they'll never admit it, but if you have half a brain, you could figure it out. They went out of their way to make sure Zion Williamson slash the Pelicans were involved in this restart. They could have very, very, very easily have said, forget about it. You know what? The Pelicans are three and a half out of the final playoff spot as they sit in the number nine seed. They're not going to make it. You know, the Washington Wizards over in the East, five and a half games out of the final playoff spot. They're not going to make it. We all know number seven, eight, even six, and you can even throw number five seeded teams generally don't make runs. They generally don't pull off upsets, especially not an eight over a number one. It's happened, what, twice in, in NBA history? So, uh, you know what? We, we don't need the number nine or 10 or 11 seed involved in this thing because those teams stink. But no, not this year. This year, the number nine seed in the West included Zion and the Pelicans. So the NBA said, well, we, we cannot have a restart without, you know, Mr. Zion Williamson. God forbid the Dookie Pukie, you know, doesn't get involved. We can't have a restart. You know, LeBron James, not good enough. Greek Freak was really not Greek, not good enough. James Harden, not good enough. You know, Russell Westbrook, not good enough. Boston Celtics, not good enough. No, no, we have a new face here. We got Zion. We got to make sure whatever, come hook or crook, we need to come up with some goofy, idiotic system to make sure that Zion and the Pelicans are involved and people will take notice. So what do we do? I know. Let's have it where the number nine seed plays the number eight seed in a playoff game. Well, what if the number nine seed is so far away? You know, are they going to really catch them? And what's the point? I, I don't know. We'll just say that as long as the number nine seed is within, oh, I don't know, four games. What are the Pelicans out? Three and a half. Okay, let's make it four then. As long as the Pelicans are within four, oh, excuse me, the number nine seed, not the Pelicans, uh, Adam Silver here. Uh, as long as the number nine team is within four games of the number eight team, we're going to have a little two-game playoff. So unless the Pelicans and Zion really just lay an absolute egg, you know, then we're going to include them in the postseason. But Mr. Silver, as his executives and assistants all said, yeah, well, what happens if the Pelicans do lay an egg? You know, they're playing in the Western Conference. You know, that that's a tough conference. There's a lot of good teams that could, uh, you know, knock them off. We, we got to come up with a way to make sure they finish at worst in the number nine seed, right? Don't we? What are we going to do, Mr. Silver? And Mr. Silver says, I know. Why don't we give them the easiest schedule by far versus all the other teams that are contending for those number eight and nine spots? That's what we can do. No one's going to figure this out. I know. We'll give the Portland Jailblazers six playoff teams on their schedule. We'll give the Memphis Grizzlies, the team they're really catching for the number eight spot, five playoff teams on their schedule. We'll give the uh, Sacramento Queens, who no one really cares about anyway, and the team is falling apart at the seams because of the virus, three teams on their schedule that are going to make the postseason. And we'll give the San Antonio Spurs, the last team that's challenging for one of those two playoff spots, we'll put five teams that are going to make the postseason on their schedule. But what about the Pelicans, though? Well, the Pelicans, well, we'll only give them two. How about that? We'll, we'll have them play Sacramento and Washington and San Antonio. Ah, let's have them play Sacramento a second time in Orlando. So all those other teams are all playing tough. You know, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Raptors. And we'll have the Pelicans have the easiest schedule. We'll by far get the Pelicans into the postseason and Zion into the postseason.
Uh, the great plans of mice and men. How about that? And now, now all that meandering, all that digging, all that planning to make sure one of the bright new faces of the NBA is in this postseason might not be there after all. And now we get stuck holding the bag, as the saying goes. We get stuck with eight absolutely meaningless regular season games, which there was no need for. Zero. No one gives a rat's behind about the Washington Wizards. Hell, we all know Bradley Beal doesn't even care about the Wizards. No one cares about Sacramento. No one cares about San Antonio. No one cares about these teams that are literally double-digit games under 500. This was all done for Zion to be part of this, and now he may not. I don't know what the family emergency is. Uh, if it's a family emergency to the point where Zion has to leave the bubble, I'm guessing it is pretty serious to the point where I don't know why they're expecting him to return. I would think if you're going to leave the bubble, knowing full well that you're going to have to sit out at least four days when you come back, you, know, you could be gone for a week. Is it a death? Is it a, is it a coronavirus? Is it, I mean, I don't even want to speculate. Who knows? But I think it's, uh, you know, pretty dangerous assuming he is coming back. I, I, you don't know that. You just don't. And it would just be the NBA would be completely red faced, just completely red faced. I mean, listen, James Harden said it yesterday himself. He said, I don't care if we finish in the number eight, seven, six, five slot, four slot. What's the difference? There's no home court advantage. What do we care? We're not afraid of facing anybody. So we're not even going to really try and play these eight games. It's just going to be eight preseason exhibition games to get ourselves into shape. That's the mentality of these games because it's true. We, we brought it up earlier in the week. You must listen to our program. There's no home court advantage. There's no advantage to be in the number one seed. There's no home court advantage between the East and the Western Conference. Uh, there really isn't. You, you might as well, you know, and especially if you're a good team and the Rockets are a good team, they're a veteran team. They're not afraid of facing anybody. You and I may say they're not going to beat the Clippers or the Lakers, but they don't think that way as long as they have, uh, you know, a healthy Westbrook and a healthy Harden. Uh, they'll, they'll face anybody. So they don't care. Uh, these games, it's going to be tough. You know, for those who want to play with the boys in Vegas, God bless you. These NBA games, they're going to be very difficult, very difficult, because you just will not know who's trying and who's not trying, because it does not matter, especially in the East, where, listen, there's no monster there. I know Milwaukee is going to be the number one seed, but I, I really don't think people are fearful of facing the Bucks like they maybe would be the Clippers or the Lakers. And no one's afraid of facing Toronto. And no one's afraid of facing Boston. So whether you're finishing in the four, five, six, seven, eight, it, it does, just doesn't matter. Uh, I'm shocked that the NBA had eight games. But again, they did so because of Zion. And here's Zion, you know, flying the coop. And uh, he may not come back. And if that's the case, we have eight meaningless regular season games that were just a waste of our time. And just, you know, trying to get people, you know, uh, you know, not trying, but, you know, uh, leaving people open to the coronavirus for two weeks more, which really they just did not need to do. Crazy, crazy. And I tell you, the other issue is Major League Baseball. Um, the baseball is in a lot of trouble. You know, baseball is supposed to start a week from now, a week from now. And you have not one, but you have a few teams who do not have permission to play in their respective ballparks. We've talked about the Toronto uh, rap or the Toronto uh, uh, Blue Jays, right? They still don't have, you know, they got a little bit of clearance yesterday, but they don't have permission to be flying back and forth, and other teams be flying back and forth 
to be playing in Toronto. They're still considering on playing their games in Buffalo. You got the Washington Nationals now that are supposedly thinking about not playing their games in D.C. and maybe going down to Virginia. You got some Dodger talk about the Dodgers maybe not being able to play a Chavez Ravine. I mean, we are a week away, and we don't know where these teams are playing. That is mind-boggling. 844-843-6879. Phone call coming up next. Get on the line. Big that beats with Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Sports Grid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. I think some more players will opt out. I think, you know, it's, it's, listen, this is, we are in a pandemic. We are all at risk. We are all want to play baseball because that's what we love to do. And we have an opportunity to bring joy to a lot of people at our home and through these tough times. So, but we are, we are all human. And if, if guys start testing positive left and right, and this gets out of control, I'm sure, You'll see some guys opt out. The testing is what it is, uh, and that's what I think the players are, are a lot of the guys that are home or, you know, texting me back or talking the same same conversation. It is what it is. And so uh, if we dwell on the negatives, uh, it's just going to be a long season. Uh, the more we can focus on and, and make adjustments as a coaching staff to <clears throat> put these guys in a position to still get their work in and adjust to the test that the testing um, delays – uh, the better off we're going to be. Yeah, sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know. Uh, that's that's all I really got for that. Um, but now that they've been training, trainers been helping me out. Just, just, just a stiff neck, you know. Couldn't really. No, my biggest thing is I couldn't see the pitcher. You know, I couldn't really turn my neck all the way to see the pitcher, and that's uh, not where you want to be. So now I can see the pitcher, and it's time to roll. Remarkable. Boy, well, you, you talk about just being so injury prone. Bagels and bad beats on a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. In order, that was uh, Anthony Rizzo, the Chicago Cubs. You got uh, Mr. Ross, the uh, Chicago Cubs, David Ross, the manager. And then uh, Aaron Judge of the Stankies talking about how he had a stiff neck because he uh, uh, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, basically. I mean, you know, shh. Uh, the guy has been out for months and months and months at a time with a cracked, stinking rib, and now he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and he's got neck issues and he can't bat. I mean, what, what? This is the guy, Stanky fans, that you're going to have to pay in a couple of years 35 if not $40 million to. This is the guy, the guy that can't sleep without getting injured. That's the guy you're going to have to delve into your wallet and say, man, we're going to make this guy the face of the franchise. We're going to sell magazines. We're going to sell T-shirts. We're going to sell billboards. We're going to sell, you know, uh, season tickets. Thank you very much. All based on Aaron Judge being on the field, being able to play. You know, he's going to be the youngest DH that is capable of playing the outfield that maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, Major League Baseball has ever seen. I, they just, you know, you can't afford to get this guy in. If he can't go to sleep at night, 
You know, at the age of whatever he is, 26 years old, 27. I'm not talking 47. Uh, the aches and pains, I, I get that stuff. But, you know, at 26, 27, if this guy can't uh, go to sleep and wake up healthy, he's got no business being in right field for the Stanks. He really doesn't. And I'm telling you, that that's a big risk. You invest that kind of money, as they're going to have to do in a couple of years, on a guy that just can't stay on the field, I don't think they would ever let him walk. I'm not going to go that far, but, man, oh, man, you talk about just fragile. These ball players, I tell you, I don't know if it's the pills, the vitamins that they're taking, uh, whether it's the lifting of the weights, and, and this guy's obviously a monster. I, I don't know, but, man, I don't ever remember players in all sports being as fragile as these guys are now. You can't go to sleep and wake up healthy. Unfreaking believable. And Major League Baseball, as I touched on before the break, it's in a lot of trouble. I mean, how is it? Now, listen, I understand fans aren't going to be in the stands. So in the long run, you know, it might not be that big a deal on where they play. I mean, they could play on the moon if they're not going to allow fans in the stands. So it's not like people have to worry about their tickets or are they going to go to the game or they're not going to go to the game. You know, how are we going to get 15,000 people to walk up in Buffalo to go see a uh, Toronto Blue Jays game? or in Virginia to go see a Nationals game, or wherever they're thinking about maybe playing the Dodger games. So I understand that, but it's still like, how can Major League Baseball be sitting back and just like seemingly not caring? Where, where the fudge is Rod Manfred? You know, when he was negotiating with the Players Association on getting a deal done, we read something from him every other day, if not every day. So now we have three teams, three prominent teams, not that it really matters, but you have three, you know, Toronto, the only team in Canada, you got the defending champions, and then maybe you have the Dodgers as well, not really knowing at this point where they're going to be playing their games. I, I mean, and we're a week away from the season beginning. I mean, think about that. You know, how are these teams going to be, you know, making uh, flight reservations? How are they going to be maybe ho uh, making hotel reservations if they don't even know where they're playing? You know, forget the fans. Okay. What about the media members as well? You know, I mean, we got to, you know, make our assignments. All right, we, we go into Buffalo. We go into Toronto. You know, we're down here in, uh, you know, Miami where we got a game set against the Blue Jays. Where, where, where we, I mean, to not know a week before is just crazy, just absolutely crazy. And for Anthony Rizzo to be talking about players, you know, opting out even more so, I tell you, at this point, you almost don't blame him. At, at this point, it's just like, what are you doing? What, what, just what are you doing? You talk about a disorganized organization like Major League Baseball, to not know a week before the season. How did they, you know, did they not think they would have any issues getting approval, flying back and forth? The Toronto one is the one that really is just like, you know, how did you know that was not going to be an issue? You know, flying back and forth, crossing, you know, country lines. Did you just think the the, the Canadians were going to say, yeah, come on, sure, no problem, bring all the coronavirus you can, you know, stuff it in a duffel bag, we'll, we'll take it, you know, come hook or crook. And same thing, you know, with the, with the states here, here. And say, yeah, okay, come on, Toronto, no problem. You know, you have the virus up there. Who knows? Big deal. Just, I mean, there had to have been some kind of planning, right? I mean, you had to have figured that there might be some obstacles. You know, so before you announced that these games were going to be played in the cities, I would have thought they would have gone to all the administrators in those cities, and in the case of the Blue Jays, the country itself, and say, all right, listen, we can play these games in Orlando, in Texas, and in Arizona. We don't want to do that. I know fans aren't going to be there, but we'd like to have these games in the cities where the team resides. You know, can we get approval Washington, D.C.? Yes, no. Can we get approval Toronto? Yes, no. 
Can we get approval Los Angeles? Yes or no? You know, and if you had enough no's, then it's just like, well, we just can't get it done. Um, you know, especially if there aren't going to be fans there. You know, if there were going to be fans, obviously different story. But I don't know why they couldn't have set up bubbles in those respective states, played, you know, whatever, 10, 15 games, said everything's going great, but, you know, we'd like to give this thing a try. You know, we're in the middle of September now, and uh, the virus has seemingly died down just a little bit. So, you know, we'd like to play some of these games in uh, the city's ballparks and maybe get a couple of fans anyway and then go from there. I don't understand the purpose, and I said this last week, I don't understand the purpose of playing these games in all these different cities when there aren't going to be any fans there. What What, what is it? I, I, did the players balk at being in a bubble? Maybe that's it. Did the Major League Baseball owners say it's going to cost way, 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 way too much to put that many players in a bubble? You know, it's one thing to have an NBA team of 15 players and maybe another 10 or so coaches and trainers. Uh, a hockey, 25 players, maybe another, again, 10. So you're at about 35 players. You know, but Major League Baseball, you know, between the 25 roster players and then you always got to have at least five or 10 extra players and then you have five or 10 extra, you know, personnel on top of that. You know, you're looking at realistically 50 people Now, maybe that's it. You know, maybe maybe it's, it's was too expensive. I don't know. But listen, it beats at this point, not knowing where teams are going to be playing. What a fight. See, it's stuff like this. And I've been fighting the asterisk talk as much as possible. But it is stuff like this that makes you think, all right, you know what? Unless things calm down here a little bit, and I and eventually they will, I think. Uh, I, I could see where people are fighting for the asterisk. I, I really, because it just seems like at this point it's going to be a farce. Um, any sport, every sport, you know, even the NHL, which seemingly had it best. Now you got the Rogers place in Edmonton, which was one of the hub cities. Uh, having their arena be flooded last night with water damage. Now, they say it's not a big deal. They say it's going to be ready by October or August 1st, uh, the start of the resumption. But uh, start of the resumption, is that right? I guess that would be right. But still, you know, they had this facility seemingly all set. Uh, they get some uh, rain, I guess, yesterday, water damage all over the place, and now people are wondering whether that can get done there. I mean, it's just we're in sports. We talk sports. We make a living on sports. I'm all for it. But, boy, there is a part of me that just says, just just move on. Just, you know, let's aim for NFL college football. Forget the resumption of the NBA. Forget the resumption of the NHL. Nobody's really calling for it. They really are not. Uh, you know, there might be some hardcore hockey fans out there. I don't necessarily know if they're a hardcore basketball fans. There might be some hardcore LeBron James fans who are hoping that he gets to win a cheapy little championship here. But ultimately, if the world was told there's going to be no NBA 2020 season, we're going to look forward to 2020-21, it would not be the end of the world. It really wouldn't. With all these obstacles, I mean, the only caveat to that is it does not look like this thing is improving at any. So these leagues are probably saying to themselves, well, there's no sense pushing it off because we're going to have the same issues next year. So might as well try and get it in this year. But there's so much going on. It is so every time you turn around, like like Rizzo said, you know, maybe more and more guys are going to be opting out. It's going to be tough. It really I enjoy seeing batting practice, you know, watching a little bit on TV. I enjoy hearing the sound of the bat and the ball and all that other stuff, seeing some hockey guys practicing. 
I, and I do think people will buy in once the sports are resuming, uh, are resumed. But it, 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 for this point, right now, it's just nuts. It, it really just is crazy. Uh, no more Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. How about that? Sad, but it is 2020 where this actually makes news. The two have apparently broken up. Yes, and only in 2020 fashion as Aaron apparently stopped following Danica on Instagram. That's how you tell the world you've broken up. <laughs> what a real All right, 844-843-6879. Phone calls, emails, tweets coming up. I'm baby from that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until the top of the hour, talking a little sports. We've got the golf that's set to resume in about a half hour or so, although uh, your leader won't tee off for a couple of more minutes after that. Tiger Woods tees off in about uh, an hour and about an hour and a half or so. He is at minus one. Our uh, bet's looking pretty good, uh, pretty good so far. Tony Finau, your leader, we have him. He was one of the three that we picked at 55 to one. Jason Day, a little bit further back of the pack, but uh, Jordan Spieth is at minus two, four shots back, tied for fourth. We have him at 70 to one. We need Tiger to implode today. That's that's the biggie. You know, let him hit a 321 yard drive first because we have over that. You know, once he does that, then uh, then it can implode and uh, hopefully uh, miss the cut because otherwise it's going to be nonstop Tiger. Even you know, I must say now he's not that far. He's tied for tenth, but. Looking at the headlines of some of the uh, websites, you know, it's like Tiger's in a hunt, Tiger's in a hunt, Tiger's in a hunt. And I'm like, oh, geez. Before I knew, you know, how well he did, I watched a little bit of it. But um, you would have assumed he was like one, two, three shots back. When in reality, he's five. He's got a bunch of golfers ahead of him. But is he, you know, in a position to make the cut? Yes. Is he in a position to make a move? You know, on the leaderboard, sure he is, but it's a little bit of a stretch. But that's an indication of what it's going to be like if he is, you know, God forbid, on the leaderboard come Saturday or Sunday. It is going to be nonstop. But it is amazing, you know, no fault of his own. It is remarkable how we've lived through Jordan Spieth. We lived through Rory McIlroy. We lived through Dustin Johnson. You know, we lived through uh, Brooks, uh, you know, uh, 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 Kepka, we lived through. Patrick Reed had his 15 minutes of fame. You know, we got Bryson DeChambeau, who everyone is talking about. And here comes Tiger, you know, invisible for five months, basically. And, man, it's not about Kepka. You know, it's not about uh, uh, Ricky Fowler shooting nine over par. It's it's not about the who's who, as I gave you before, of players who figured not to make the cut. It's all about Tiger. You know, Tiger, five shots back, is a bigger story than some of these others that are doing well 
or other prominent golfers that are doing poorly. It's 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 remarkable. He does drive the needle, whether you like it or not. He he drives the needle, and we're you know listen, we're part of the problem, I suppose, by doing all these prop bets pertaining to the Tiger Woods. But you know when you turn on the TV set and that's all you see, so you think, okay, if I'm going to put a couple shekels on this, I might as well put a couple of shekels on a guy that I'm going to be watching all day, and uh, and, and that is the case. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. You know, don't let facts get in the good, uh, way of a good rant. Uh, it's one of my slogans that I like to use, you know, in jest mostly. But in the case here, it's almost perfect. Got a couple of guys coming out. The Dak Prescott, you know, we, we did a little popcorn radio, you know, top five stories that never seemingly go away. You know, we did it over the long haul, you know, Deflate Gate and Pete Rose Hall of Fame and, and uh, you know, the Joe Pa and, and uh, some Dusky thing. Um you know, a little bit closer to home here. One of them is the Dak Prescott, which I thought maybe just maybe once Wednesday's deadline passed of him not being able to get a long-term extension, this would have died down, but it's not the case. Yesterday or two days ago, we had Dak's brother rip the cowgirls for not giving Prescott what he wanted. And yesterday, Des Bryant sends out a tweet that basically does the same thing, blaming Dallas for Prescott not getting a long-term extension. And, you know, again, don't let facts get in the way of a nice little rant here. You know, don't let the fact that the Cowboys offered a apparent five-year contract, don't let the fact that the Cowboys offered a five-year contract that reportedly had over $100 million in guaranteed money, you know, don't let the fact that the Dallas basically handed uh, Dak Prescott the keys to the franchise and said, you're going to be our man for the next, not four, we want you even more than that, five years. We're going to guarantee you not one, like you're going to be playing under the franchise tag now, not two, and, uh, you know, maybe realistically not even three, over three years guaranteed. Forget all that. Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones is the bad guy here, you know, because they didn't succumb to whatever Dak Prescott's wishes were because they didn't give a four-year contract versus a five because they didn't give, what, $35, $36, $37 million a year because they didn't give $115, $120, $125 million in guaranteed money. They had the audacity to only give about $100 and $110. They had the audacity to actually ask for one more year under contract, not two, three, four, five, one more year where Dak still could have been young enough to get another monster contract. They actually had the audacity to do that. Oh, yeah, you're right, Des Bryant. Oh, absolutely. You're right, Dak's older brother. Absolutely. It's all the Cowboys' fault. All, All Jerry Jones' fault. Absolutely. Forget about all these crazy requirements from a fourth round draft pick, a fourth round pick from four years ago, who's done very well for himself. But, you know, last time I checked, I don't see any Super Bowl rings on Dak Prescott's fingers. Last time I checked, I don't see any Super Bowl appearances on Dak Prescott's fingers. Last time I checked, I don't see any NFC title game appearances on Dak Prescott's fingers. He hasn't done that well. He has been status quo. I put him in the category of Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Guys like that that are good enough to be in the league, good enough to be starters, you know, Cam Newton, and he actually might be a little, a little, no, I won't say that. Cam Newton, you know, he's in that category. I'd just as soon have Derek Carr than I would, you know, Dak Prescott. I don't even think he's that good. 
uh, and forget about Mahomes and Brady and all those others, like he's being asked to be paid. You know, is he as good as, uh, you know, Drew Brees? And, and, and no, 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 not even now. I don't think he ever will. So he's being offered $100 million guaranteed. He has the right, says no, okay, you want to bank on yourself. But to have these bird brains come out now, whether it's his brother or Des Bryant, and try and blame the Dallas Cowgirls for, you know, undercutting, underselling, not coming through, not getting a deal done with Dak is, is just, again, don't let facts get in the way of a good rant. You, know, you, you want to just label the Cowboys wrong because the deal wasn't done and forget that there's, there's two sides to it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get that. You know, Des sending out a tweet yesterday. The Cowboys never had a problem paying their quarterbacks for people saying Dak in control. Shut up. I don't know why he would have to throw that little comment on there, but I guess he's alluding to the fact that they gave Aikman and Tony Romo extensions, which they have, but this is a different, you know, the 2020 is a hell of a lot different than when Romo uh, and even Aikman were getting contract extensions. I mean, this guy is asking for a big time, big time, big time bucks for something he has not been able to really prove to me anyway, he's worth. So don't let facts get in the way of a good run. Now, that's going to be an issue all season long. I, I just, I don't think he wants to be there. I really don't. I just ultimately, uh, I don't think he wants to be there. And you better be careful because as Cam Newton found out and Andy Dalton found out, uh, you think there's a bunch of suitors out there and you can make a list of, you know, a good seven, eight, nine teams if things don't go the right way, you know, Redskins, Jets couple of others. Uh, Colts might be looking for a quarterback. There would probably be a lot more teams next offseason looking for quarterbacks, I'll admit, than this offseason. And maybe that's what he's banking on. But if things go belly up, uh, I tell you what, he, the, no one's going to be offering him a job, I, I, not a starting job, and just automatically say, here's the franchise. I don't, I don't think so. I really don't. Report out there that says uh, there were 72 players testing positive for the uh, coronavirus from the NFL as of last Friday. Players Association sent that out. Now, considering there's 2,800 people that play in the NFL at this point, uh, at least on their rosters, I'm assuming every one of those got tested. If that's the case, you know, 2.5% really isn't that bad. It's actually pretty darn good, to tell you the truth. Only 72. And this is before they've gone into the bubble and been practicing and been at the facilities. So if these guys in the outside world don't have the virus, you know, 72 players, that's actually pretty good. Um, I, I would think those would be encouraging numbers versus disappointing numbers. You're going to get some people. You just will. Uh, it, it's just it's inevitable to think that, you know, you're going to have 100% players not with the virus. because seemingly every single time and I, I mean this every single time i hear about a player getting the virus it's always thrown in there with but he's asymptomatic he doesn't really have any symptoms so you know he tested positive but he's feeling okay we got to quarantine him for a few days but he's okay no worries i mean that that seems to be the mo on all this stuff over and over and over again, which is a great thing you know so maybe just maybe dare i say it that this thing is lightening up just a little bit I will say, Kansas City, boy, the, the Players Association in the NFL is just crazy. I don't know who does the negotiating. I really don't. I, I know if it's D. Smith, boy, I don't know how he keeps his job, DeMora Smith, because there's no agreement yet between the Players Association and the owners 
on the COVID-19 protocol, bubble, non-bubble, who gets it, how long are you going to sit out, uh, who gets paid if they don't want to play, what requirements are needed for you to be able to sit out and get paid, all that, all that stuff. That's all has to get figured out yet. So you would think, okay, until that's figured out, right, I'm not showing, I'm not practicing, I'm not going to put my life on the line in essence uh, without even knowing for sure if I'm going to be getting benefits, if I'm going to get paid if I get the virus. I mean, we got to get this stuff figured out, right? We don't even know how many preseason games there are going to be. Another report says there might be down to one now. So knowing that all this stuff still has to get worked out, Kansas City is telling their players, you know what, too bad. you got to show up for practice. Well, players are like, we can't show up for practice. We don't even know the rules and regulations yet. You know, once we get that said, oh, we'll show up for practice. But no, 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 no. This is the NFL. Not for long. The NFL, we get to do whatever the fudge we want. No agreement? No problem. Show up for practice. According to the CBA, the owners have the right to tell players to report, even though there's no agreement in place. Who is the dope? that would ever agree to that. Do these guys look at the contracts they're signing? That That's like me, you know, trying to, or you trying to negotiate your salary with your boss, and you know, before you've even begun, and your boss saying, well, you know, we'll figure it out, but no, 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 I want to make sure and see how much I'm making because I'm not making enough, I'm not working, you know? And that's my leverage. You don't pay me what I want, then I don't work. That's the one bargaining chip you have. And the boss being able to tell you, no, no, you have to. If you don't, we can find you. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you may do it just because you want to be nice, but to demand that you go to work without knowing what you're being paid, which is what these NFL owners are apparently, you know, given the right for because the Players Association signed away on it. It's just, I tell you, every time you turn around, and you delve into this stuff, you just think to yourself, how in the world? Did these players ever sign this stuff? They must just of all they care about, that is just absolutely all they care about is how much money they make from these TV contracts and from all the revenues that are coming in. Everything else seems to be an afterthought. You know, Goodell wants to be the the, the ruler of all men. Go ahead, take it. Uh, We need to show up even though we don't have a contract agreement. No problem. Write it in there. You know, uh, we're not going to be getting this or that. We're going to be flying third class. We're going to be flying, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines with uh, with with Scott Wetzel. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead, whatever. As long as we're getting fifty percent of the income, that's all we care about. Wow. And there is a report out there that says that uh, the preseason games, which were four, dropped to two, now actually may be dropped down to one. So, and who knows? Has, if this continues, it might be none. And they're going to try and have, like, the Jets, the Giants, you know, Eagles, Redskins, all these teams that are close to each other play each other. This way, there's not so many long flights. All right, we'll close up shop next. Bagels with Bad Beats on a Friday with Scott Watson. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Ah, bagels and bad beats 
on this Friday morning, wrapping up shop as we always like to do with some stories that we didn't have time uh, to delve into too much. Uh, how about the toilet bowl? I kid you not. There is a bathroom accessories company that is uh, bidding for the naming rights to the Buffalo Bills Stadium in Orchard Park, the 5,000-year-old facility, originally known as Rich Stadium. And they want to name it, uh, you know, the Tushy Bowl. And believe it or not, they're looking to bring a college football bowl game. Like, that that's the last thing we need, right? You know, one more meaningless college football bowl game. Boy, I bet these kids just can't wait to go to a Buffalo Bowl game in the middle of December. But anyway, and they want to call it, I kid you not, the Toilet Bowl. A hundred portable toilets are being part of the deal if, in fact, they should get the naming rights to the stadium. The Toilet Bowl. Wow. Enter your punchline there. Good news for uh, Metsy fans as Jacob deGrom left earlier this week. We've mentioned it a couple of different times. MRI uh, came back negative slash positive. No issues uh, to worry about. And uh, he said yesterday his goal is to still be able to pitch on opening day if, in fact, there is an opening day. NFL announced that there will be no fans at the NFL training camps, which is disappointing because that's one of the, you know, a lot of fun things to do. Uh, be able to go to some of these training camps and watch these guys practice and talk to the players and get autographs and everything else. And then, you know, there was a story that we, you know, I'm going to delve into a little bit more next week because it does bear bringing up. You know, this is not anything earth shattering, but the Houston Rockets owner has a casino company that just went public literally two weeks ago. And it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Every time I turn around, we find out how these sports owners are getting in bed with gambling. How is it possible that an NBA owner actually owns a gambling casino? Wow. Great job by all the phone callers this week. Have yourselves a great, great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. God bless you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.